Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Game day today as the Predators in Colorado to take on the Avalanche tonight. Puck drop at 8 o'clock, pregame at 7 here on 102.5 The Game. Coffee with the coach will come up at the bottom of the hour as Kevin McCarthy will stop by for his weekly appearance. So let's get to the Taylor Luan conversation that the last caller brought up. Braden, you brought up the Luan conversation. Dimes, you highlighted him in the All-22, and, and let's have a conversation on our highly paid left tackle. So I, I don't believe that there is a – because so the, the caller said, hey, this is not the kind of guy we're going to pin this sort of money to, right? We're not going to give T- – Taylor Lewan isn't the type of person that you should get – type of player that you should give the highest paid contract in the NFL to as a tackle um, at his position. And, and and I don't think there are any questions about Taylor Lewan off the field anymore. I, I don't think that may, maybe <laughs> may, maybe in college he had a he was a knucklehead one time or a couple times or whatever, and it was fairly innocuous college kid stuff. He is a father. He's you know he's married. He's got a home life. He, he's not a bad character guy. I don't believe. No, what he did in college, what he alleged, that wasn't just some I, old knucklehead college I, kid I, stuff. I, that was serious I stuff. I agree, and it was just, but it was. It was worked through and it was handled. And, yeah, and I, you're right. I, I agree. I'm not trying to gloss over it. I'm just saying it's in the past, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. There's no been. There hasn't, he hasn't been since then. There has not been any sign yeah. that he's done anything like that ever again. And so um, I don't know about that angle. Mm-hmm. That that I don't feel as comfortable sitting here and saying, "Oh, he's a terrible guy. He's bad." Care. Like I don't think that's yeah. fair to him. Um, but what is fair is that <laughs> you are the biggest personality on the team. The biggest voice, the biggest brand. You have this podcast. You are the this guy for the boys. You've got all this stuff. The puppies, the puppies, this, the puppies, that. You, you're doing all this stuff, and you've built this, and that's great. And then you let your team down, and your city down, and your fan base down by not showing, by getting yourself suspended, whether you knew you did it or not. I don't care. It was against the rules. It was in your body. End of discussion. And the offensive line is atrocious. And mm-hmm. And and while you do a great job standing up, Taylor Lewan, you do a great job standing up at the end of games and answering questions. I, I give him credit for that. He he steps up to the podium or to the microphones and answers questions. Um, I think it is fair to ask where where what, what's up, dude? Like if, if you're this great vocal leader that is the guy that's running this locker room for the boys, where, where are the results in all of this? And why are you taking bad penalties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm not going to sit here because I don't hang around Taylor and, and, and I don't know what he's like off the field. Um, and there hasn't been any stories of him. So, I, obviously, he's doing what he needs to do off the field. He's being an adult. He's, he's being a, a husband and a, and a father. And he's doing those things that, that you know, adults are post, supposed to do, be responsible. Um, so, I can't speak on you God, know, the so Titans being giving him money and then him changing in that aspect. Uh, but I think, you know, sometimes when you give individuals uh, either power, title, or money, they think they have to be something that naturally they are not. And it then it comes off a certain way mm-hmm. um, to certain people. Um, there's a reason why Shaq Lawson said what he said. It wasn't a one-off. You got to understand, this is a small fraternity of people, and who talk. when one exactly when that talks, and when one person says something, it's not just that one person. Those are words that are being 
you know, filtered through a lot of other people. Whispered not, behind closed exactly, doors. Not just from current, but from former players that that watch you and that hear the same thing and that 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 understands and knows the game. You can't fool a player. That's one thing you can't do. And these young guys gotta realize that. <laughs> you can't fool a player, especially a veteran player that has been in it while you can't fool him. You can fool the young guys and, and, and the pups. You can do all that. You can but fool those, the puppies? Yeah. Oh. But those 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 older guys, those guys that have been around, those guys that have played many years, 10, 15 years, you can't fool those guys. They but what, what's interesting, though, is like when Shaq Lawson says he's a phony tough guy, Like I take a step back, and before I say, yeah, yeah, Taylor Lewan, phony tough guy, I mean, come on, 6'7", 330, he's a left tackle in the NFL. I think just naturally based on his stature and the position he plays – he has to be inherently tough, so yeah. I, I think that's a little bit of a reach. But mm-hmm. compared to other pro athletes, right. you know, maybe it's they don't think he's as yeah, it's, it's, it, right. it's it's tough guy. That's that's so that's that's a term. It's it's sort of like this loose term. It's it it can be viewed different ways because when I look at Jonathan Ogden, six Ooh, seven, three hundred and some pounds, Jonathan probably was the biggest teddy bear of them all. <laughs> But when he stepped on the field, he didn't have to. He didn't. He didn't have to do all this extra stuff. People just knew I'm not messing with that dude. <laughs> that dude, if he gets angry, mm-hmm. I'm not messing with him. I would. Not, not, exactly. I don't. I don't want to be laying on my back with Jonathan Ogden Absolutely. on top of me. Absolutely. So I don't have to go out of my way to <laughs> to to show people that I'm tough or do this or do that or be the biggest voice in the room. It's just I look at that guy. He's doing his job. I'm going to let him do his job. I'm not going to say anything that's going to, you know, make him want to do his job even harder, you know, and become that big six, seven, 300 and 300 plus guy even more, you know. So when I played against these guys that they walked in the locker room and they're they're quiet, they don't say much, you know, and, and I think offensive linemen are some of some of the most cerebral smart individuals there are on a football they're team. They're fascinating. They're just they just <laughs> think linemen. they just think a, a different way and they're quite offensive linemen. The offensive linemen that I've been around and I've been around some great ones. Bruce, um, Bruce Matthews, Brad Hopkins, um, 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 um I just spoke of Jonathan Ogden. Mm-hmm. Um there's been many more uh um at Willie Anderson from when he played in Atlanta and he came to Baltimore. You know, guys that, that played the position at a high level, uh, Stepnoski, all these guys, and they were – they didn't say much. Pu- pu- you mean in the media? No. Like they did, they, their voices wasn't being – Well, wasn't that also the how um, the, uh, the guy from the blind side, Michael Orr? Yeah, Michael Orr. Yeah, but he wasn't but really Michael good. Orr, and Michael Orr was a different <laughs> cat. Michael Orr, now, you talk about a tough guy. That was a yeah, tough guy. Yeah. But, but, very, it, but very quiet, but right? very quiet, man. Yeah, it yeah. was just – he just went out and just did his job now – they tried to put him at left tackle. I don't think he was originally a left tackle. They moved him to right. He was much better at right tackle. But yeah, he's, they, a, he's a they, victim a little bit of the of the blind side exactly, being a big story. Exactly. Like he was a really nice and, player, and I think but he got was a up. true left right tackle. Yeah. But they tried to put him at left. Um, but even him, a guy that went through what he went through. Now that's a tough guy. But when he get, he didn't say much. His voice was low. All offensive linemen that I've seen, they didn't say much. They just went out there and Orlando played pace. and do and dear, exactly. Yeah. When people look at Taylor, it's not that way. And they, they get this you, – you start to get this persona amongst other guys throughout the NFL. And they look at you and they're like, dude, no, nah, 
So you, I, you're the loudest one in the building. That means you're not the toughest I, one. I think these are all. I think this and is. And I'm just. I'm just. Right, right. It's just looking at what they're saying and kind of commenting on that. Yeah, and I think it, I think that's a fascinating angle to all of this. No question. Um, because he hasn't played as well. Like if you exactly. if he if he'd played great football, then I'd look at these comments and I go, "Who cares? Like you're playing great football. Who cares? You, you've been here for every snap of your team's game. Who cares? You didn't get suspended for PEDs. Who cares? Like I don't care what anybody else says. What I don't like though is when you've made a major career mistake and your leadership is being questioned, not your toughness, mm-hmm. because now your leadership is being questioned. Not your your toughness is being questioned by other players and all this other stuff. Now you've got people watching your team. I'm watching your play, mm-hmm. your, your ability on the field, and I'm going, where's the leadership? I understand that you step up to the mic- microphone after the game and you answer the questions. That's that because is, you love to talk. And, and, and it's a form of leadership. That, that's fine. Like, I have no problem with, with you being the guy everyone goes to for a quote, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. because you're, you love to talk. You've got a podcast. you got the whole – it's your personality. I understand. But is that translating to making other people great around you? Because you left your team high and dry for four games. Mm-hmm. What, again, doesn't matter. We can argue about the merits of the rule. We, we can do that, and that's fine. But the rule was broken. And whether you like it or not, you're responsible for it. And it's laid at your feet that you were gone for four games, that the offensive line started out as one of the worst offensive lines in the history of the NFL. It has not got any better with you in there. But you, you mentioned translating for his leadership to making others around him great. Let's just stay within the unit of the offensive line. It hasn't certainly translated, but is it Taylor Lewan's fault that Roger Saffold stinks? Well, what, 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 you, you guys know how I feel. It shouldn't take Taylor Lewan for right. Roger Saffold, Big Raj, to be good. But what was the whole thing? When Taylor comes back, Roger will be much better. We'll see run pass, everything will be well, much everything better. Well, everything should be better because Taylor Lewan's a great player. Well, but it didn't not. get any better. Right. Um, and what... Uh, did Taylor uh, the money? I'm glad he got paid because I mean he he put in his work. He put in the work. He was considered one of the best left tackles in the National Football League. So you got to pay him based upon that. But I'm telling you, all of this started, and y'all. I don't know if y'all believe me or not, and I keep on saying this. Uh, I I guarantee a lot of the contention started when he walked out of that door. With that boss hog suit on, hmm. with that, but that darn beaver, or what else? You're saying and in all the those guys in the locker room. Right. And, all those guys, and you have no, you have start, no evidence. And I have no evidence. Just, I have no evidence. No, no, I got you. But uh, it's just my experience. Might not have sat well with some it's, people. Yeah, because yeah. he had the whole player, line with exactly him. as a player. Other guys see that and they don't take kindly to that stuff, man. It, 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 because guys that that are older, they know what that whole shtick is about. They don't like it. And to them, I didn't like it because I used to, I used to watch it, and then learning the history of it. Well, let me let me ask you stuff. this about with what he did there. Oh, you're did, talking about the actual uh, sorry the, the connotation the behind suit. it. You're talking yeah. about the actual yes. boss hog, yeah, like, exactly. Back to the Dukes of Hazard and the Confederate yes, flag yes. and all that stuff. Absolutely. Okay, I thought you were talking about just being a showman. Like no, 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 we're no, no. we're you, we're used there. to receivers being individuals and uh-huh. being divas, like and being these exotic personalities, and, and we take it for what it's worth. But what mm-hmm. about offensive? Like when an offensive lineman like that, like Taylor Lewan, comes out in the boss hog suit. Do, do the other guys on the offensive line, because the offensive line, like this, it's this fraternity of big fat guys and, you know, the whole thing. Like, do they look at that and say fat sexy. He, he's becoming too much of an individual <laughs> where we're supposed to be a cohesive unit? That's, that's, Guy, that's pretty it, narrow stuff. It, it's all about unity. Yeah. And they're not going to make it seem like 
you know, it's just Taylor. But I'm for sure a few of them kind of went back talking amongst themselves and they probably, you know what, man, didn't like that. But they're going to support Taylor because he's their guy. But I didn't like that. There's other guys in that locker room are like are looking like, what in the hell is going on? Like, seriously, dude? Why? I guarantee you the head coach looked at that and said, mm-mm. But head coach can't say anything. Right. Mm-mm, I don't like that. The GM. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. They're able to the say GM, anything. Like it's, you can't I win. I don't like that. People throughout the organization. But do you really think Vrabel doesn't like it? Because Vrabel's no, got this no, no, for no. the boys Vrabel mentality. Is, no, he's, he's blue, Vrabel, way yeah. more blue Vrabel don't like yeah. that because it goes against everything that he was taught yeah. in New England. Yeah, that's true. When he yeah. went to New England, yeah. that stuff. He, it, no it's personality. Great. Exactly. It's great that you know, you know, you're Taylor and everything else. But I, there are people throughout that organization that probably looked at that and was like, "We don't like that, man." Look, it, look it's it's all one thing when you're playing great. All yeah. this stuff goes away when you're playing great football. If you're on the field for every snap and you're not suspended and you're playing great, none of this matters. Yep. Nobody questions your toughness. Nobody questions your leadership. Nobody cares what suit you wore when you signed your contract. When you're not doing your job, people care. Tale of the one calls. Your calls coming up next. 615-737-1025-737-1025. It's Morning Drive live here on a Thursday. We're back after this with your calls on ESPN 1025 again. When it comes to your internet, good enough doesn't cut it. Xfinity Internet, Internet's better because it streams better. That's right, you Internet, Internet's better because it streams better. Yeah, you heard that right. Introducing Xfinity Flex, a personalized streaming dashboard that puts all of your favorites in one place so they're not scattered across a bunch of apps. It's searchable with your voice, so all you have to do is say, play romantic comedies, and it plays romantic comedies. Push the button and maybe say, play Dukes of Hazard. It might come up. Plus, it has over 10,000 free shows and movies. Search less and watch more with the voice-controlled streaming device that's made for you. It's not just easy, it's effortless. And now, it's included with Xfinity Internet for no additional cost. That's simple, easy, and awesome. Get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement and add Flex 4K streaming device at no additional cost. It's a nice flex. It's two amazing services for the price of one. Go to Xfinity.com slash Flex, Xfinity.com slash Flex. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit an Xfinity store today. Offer ends one seven twenty. Restrictions apply. New performance starter. Internet customers only. Equipment tax and fees extra and subject to change after term. Regular rate supply. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, the grand opening celebration of the Electronic Express located at 1735 Galleria Boulevard in Cool Springs will bring you huge savings to all stores this week. Incredible prices on HDTVs, appliances, computers, mattresses, and more. Celebrate the new Cool Springs location this Thursday, which will be today from 2 to 6 with Jared and the GM. Electronic Express, we Make it happen. And right now, we are talking about Taylor Lewan, and we go to A.G., who's next on Morning Drive. What's up, A.G.? Yeah, uh, some deep down in me kind of like Taylor Lewan, but he's been costing us for I don't know how long now. And I love how y'all speaking on personality thing because, uh, I mean, I don't, like, if he was winning, if we was winning and he was playing good, it wouldn't be an issue. But, like, y'all, we saying he don't have any off-the-field issues, but with him playing like that, Busting with the boys becomes an off-the-field uh, uh, off issue with me because 
he's not playing good and we losing and the offensive line been a point of emphasis for the mm-hmm. whole entire season. I just can't wait to see what – I hope they can get together, but if not, I can't wait to see what John Robinson has in store for this offensive line. And then this rookie right guard, it, it's not that, that's not a bigger enough excuse for me, though, because we got veterans on this line that ought to be able to come in and, and help. And I'm just ready to see what's going to happen with this offensive line situation. Think about it, just how it's bad collectively they are. I mean, you've got Lawan, who's had a great career, and he's getting paid a boatload. And now that he's, you know, quote, off of whatever he's off of, whatever he got whacked for by the four games for the league, he's struggling. Jack Conklin, injury issue, has never regained his form. They, they whiff in free agency with Saffold. Nate Davis looks like he stinks as a draft pick. It's almost like they've got collective failure every avenue they've tried to go. Well, and uh, Nate, it's, it's hard to look at a... A guy who played at Charlotte. In, in, I'm going to give Nate Davis a pass. Yeah, like I, I look at now. Nate Davis, I go, man, you're a young player. You've only played, like, what, three games? Mm-hmm. You're from you're from university that is not a high level of competition. There's It's going to take time to learn technique and form. He plays a little high sometimes. He needs to play a little lower. Like, he, 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 he makes rookie mistakes, and that's okay because he's a rookie playing in three games. So if, what you want out of this offensive line is for Nate Davis to be the weak link, mm-hmm. right? That's what you expect. You got one guy, Taylor Lewan's making seventy million. You got Rod, Big Raj, Old Raj, whatever he is, <laughs> making forty four. Come Lil Raj. You now. got Lil Raj. You got Lil Conklin on the on the on the right. That's a first round draft pick, and and Ben Jones has been here forever. So like the guy who should be the weak link is Nate Davis. Like he should be the guy that's the the the, the one who struggles the most. Uh, the busting with the boys thing. I, I got one more thing about that because Ag brought it up, and mm. and I and I think it's worthy of of discussing. I, it does feel a little high schooly, like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The whole it's very clickish. It feels like a, a high school cool kids club. Mm-hmm. I, and I, again, I don't I don't think it's that big a deal. It, it's not an issue that is should affect the play on the field. Like this is a podcast that they recorded in the summertime. This is not something like it's clearly going to be fodder for doubters if you don't play well. You have to know that that's going to happen. I don't I am not sitting here and saying that the podcast is a reason. Like he's not distracted. I don't uh, you know no, I don't I don't, I don't think there's any distraction here. I just don't think he's playing good football. So I, I if you want to use the podcast thing in this like media world that he's building outside of football as a a thing to point to as to why he's playing poorly, I don't think that's reality. I, I don't think they're connected. I don't think it's an excuse. But what it is, is it is fodder for fans when they look at you, then when you're not playing well, and they go, why the hell aren't you playing well, dude? Why are you so focused on this media stuff? Even if they're not related and it's not fair to Taylor, because I don't think it is. What th- is? It's good. They're going to ask the question. People are going to say what AG just said. What is the, the, what is it, the, the theory of... Um when you're when you've when you when you're wearing when you are in a position when you get promoted in a position past your it's the uh the peter principle yeah, the which peter is principle. peter you, principle easier for you to say yeah I love you, that. you've been it's when you've been promoted past the point of competency yeah your ability to which actually is pretty do the job right now exactly. in <laughs> i think in this situation it applies may possibly to taylor and from from this aspect ooh this is going to be good maybe you've been paid beyond what you beyond your your ability to produce meaning because in the world of of, of sports sometimes and, and whether he's overpaid or not I don't it's not for me to kind of say but I'm just kind of correl- it's a correlation sometimes in sports and we see it all the time where a guy does well one year and he goes into free agency and the team that has him 
don't want to sign them because they're like, listen, you've reached it to a point. We're not going to pay you. Yeah. We're not going to pay you X amount of dollars, but we know on the open market you're going to get more. But we're not going to pay you because we know we've had you for the longest. We know that you're not going to get any better. So he goes out, he or she goes out of free agency, and they get way more money than what their talent as a whole said they should get. Nate, Nate Solder. Exactly. But look, big, look, big rod. But, but think about this, though. Let's look at the last, we'll call it five years. Uh-huh. Think about left tackles in the NFL over the course of Taylor Lewan's career from 2014 through now. Mm-hmm. I, I can think of three guys that I would say 100% are definitively better. Tyron Smith with the Cowboys, yeah. Trent Williams with the Redskins, uh-huh. and I'll go. This is this will be more 2014, 15, 16. Jason Peters with the Eagles. Exactly. I, I think. I think all uh, things equal. I think Taylor Lewan's a top five tackle. I think. David, no, I'm not saying he's not a. Yeah. So uh, let me piggyback off what you're saying, uh-huh. Derek. The, the 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 sort of being promoted beyond the point of competency. I don't think it's about the money. Mm-hmm. To me, it's about his role on the team. And to me, what he is, where he has sort of been promoted past, and again, we don't know if that's true. That's just a, a theory we're floating mm-hmm. here. But, but the leadership is being questioned right now, publicly, by but, people. And so, I, I, if he's been promoted, sort of in the leadership role beyond the point of competency, right? If like, hey, again, and, and, and that's a bad phrase because Taylor Lewan is clearly competent. Like he's exactly, clearly good not, at what he does. Yeah. It's just sort of a, a loose framework for this conversation, and that is. You know, if they had a superstar quarterback like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Taylor Lewan would not be the focal point. Exactly. He would not be the vocal leader. He would not be the guy we all go to to get comments after the game. He is the one who has been promoted to that role because Delaney's not playing right now. Otherwise, he'd be the guy who stands in front of the microphone and takes all the questions, and he still does because he's a, a professional like Taylor. Both They both do that a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. But th- they, maybe that's the role that he's not really suited for. He, he he's still a good. I'm with Nick. I think he's a really good left tackle. I think he's worthy of the paycheck. I got no problem with that. It's that when now your team's facing adversity and you're asking a guy who's had some, you know, maturity issues in the past to be the mature leader in the room. And I'm talking to Mike Fisher last night, and and just seeing a guy who is the most composed, most sort of wise, thoughtful. And again, that's not the way all leaders have to be. Mm-hmm. They don't all fit into a box, but. You know, speak softly, carry a big stick is basically Mike Fisher's role as a captain. He believes, but, and that is not the way Taylor Lewan. Right now, former play, other players are painting Taylor Lewan as the guy who speaks loudly and carries doesn't, a small doesn't, stick, doesn't have a stick at all, yeah. and he's out there not well, blocking. When so. I say when, it, because I think sometimes the guys do because a lot of it is predicated on how much you're paid, and people look for you to be a certain way in a locker room or a certain leader. Be, based upon your pay and I think sometimes whether uh, it's just a theory I'm floating out there I think sometimes guys do when they get when they get paid an x x amount of dollars it does make them feel that they need to be more than what they should be based upon their pay that makes sense um maybe Taylor's not he's not suit I don't think he's suited to be the leader of that team I just don't think he is. Is he suited to be one of the leaders? Yes. But he's not suited to for, to me to be the voice for that team. There needs to be another voice along with yeah. – he doesn't need to be the biggest voice. Well, and let's also see how he plays the rest of this year, next year, the uh-huh. year after that in the, quote, end of the – you know, whatever he was on that he's, quote, not taking anymore. Because if he was a top five tackle because of what he was putting into his body and he's lesser than that now that he might be no longer doing that – 
then all of a sudden it looks like, whoa, this guy cashed in and was really, really good yeah. because he was taking the illegal substances. And, and, it's like baseball. Well, and, and That's what I made, it's the analogy I made a couple th- weeks th- ago. There's no way for us to actually know that no. or not until, like you said. Until time plays out. Yeah, he's been tested clean for three years and, and he's terrible. Like That's the only way we'll ever learn that. And I, right. we're a long way from learning that. But uh, here's the other thing about all this. like The Titans need a personality like him. This is what makes this such a complicated conversation. He, he is good for the Tennessee Titans. His, the bu- Busting with the boys is good to build a fan base and build some sort of unity and build some sort of connection with the players. What have we been talked about with this organization for years? They have not connected with the Nashville community for whatever reason. And Amy Adams Strunk has sort of stabilized ownership. She does the, the Jersey thing. She's reaching out with these concerts, right, trying to build – you know, a connectivity there with mm-hmm. the with the with the fan base because I don't. See, I've lived here for twenty plus years. I've been here longer than the Titans have been here, and I have never seen, other than the first two seasons, I've never seen the city connect together with the team. It just has always. There's always been a disconnect. People have their fandoms from every other place that they've been to, and where they come from, and where they live. And we were all together in like '99 and 2000, <laughs> and that's the last time I remember the city being like that for the Titans, and uh, overwhelmingly so. Not the way they are for the Predators right now. Like, the Predators right now, everybody loves them. How many country music stars are signing up to be a part of the Preds bandwagon? All of them. You don't see many of them signing up to be at the Titans bandwagon Well, I right think now. there was so. a point in time once we first moved. Once yes, we got back 100%. to the stadium in 99, from 99 to 04, 05, they were on board. Everybody was on board. That's fair. And then it kind of took a dip. And then once they started off 10-0, and 0, I think people jumped back on board. And then after that, Ten years Fisher of got what? fired. Everything else started to change, and then they just lost their fan base. So, so, so yeah. again, that, that's this is what makes it comp. Like Taylor Lewan as an entity, as a personality, is good for the organization to be out there building a brand and building a connection with the, with the fans of the Titans. It's good for our business, it's, and it's great for our business, obviously. As we as we're spending thirty minutes here on it, but it, it is that's. But he's interesting. He's an interesting person. And oh, by the way, he happens to be the highest-paid left tackle in, in the in the sport that this country cares the most about. And so, if you're going to be that, you got to deliver. And again, all of it, none of this matters if he's delivering and he's on the field and he's good. And, it, and so, what does it look like the rest of the way? Are you going to be, you know, what are you going to do next? Is is you know the late great Don Meyer would say, what are you going to do next? And Lawan's got some serious. You know, things he's got to think about. What is he going to do next? Don't forget, be listening for your chance, for your cue uh, to call for the Winter Classic Flyaway giveaway tickets for the Preds and the Stars coming up on New Year's Day at the Cotton Bowl. That cue to call could very well be coming up within the next 10 to 15 minutes. So be listening for that. Predators in Colorado tonight, they take on the Avalanche. It's coffee with the coach. When we come back, uh, Pete Weber sat down with Preds associate coach Kevin McCarthy. And that is next on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you. Joe Rexroad will join us from The Athletic coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, though, it's Predators game day. They take on the Avalanche tonight in Colorado, game two of a four-game road trip. We'll get to some discussion on that game coming up in just a moment. But first, coffee with the coach. Up now is Kevin McCarthy. We obviously we rotate through from Lavi to McCarthy to Muse to my boy Dan Lambert. Usually, we talk to these guys live, but, you know, road trip. So Pete Weber says, I'll step up for you, boys. Here's Pete Weber and Kevin McCarthy. Hey, it's Thursday. It's time for Coffee with a Coach and time to be joined now by Predators coach Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, the uh, Predators on Monday night, it was almost like there was the first period, then there was the rest of the game. 
How do you account for how things changed over the second period like that? Well, it was, it was interesting because, you know, we didn't really give up a lot in the first period. I mean, we had, I think we had one we had one even strength uh, chance against him that was a goal against. So, uh, we, you know, we, we didn't give him a lot. Uh, we didn't create a lot either. Um, and then, of course, they had the two power plays that kind of gave him a little bit of momentum. But I thought in the second period, like you said, I thought we started to take over the game. We were we started to get our forecheck established. We were starting to, you know, create chances off the rush. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're like most teams that take away the middle of the ace on you. And if you try to make those plays through the middle, they're going to get the year to create turnovers and they're going to spend a lot of energy, you know, playing defense. And I thought the second period was uh, probably one of our better periods as far as playing the game the right way. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You, you met them just about a month ago before. And the two games had very little, if any, resemblance to each other. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, they're you know they're going through a tough time. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I didn't realize that the record was as bad as it was going into our game. Uh, you know, I think too that uh, you look at some of the goals that we scored, a uh, cu- couple of tips and, and uh, uh, redirects, and uh, you know, of course, when the when they were goaltending. Uh, you know, has uh, has some problems like that. Uh, it, it makes it uh, tough for those teams to come back. And I think that after we scored that third goal, you can almost feel the energy uh, leave their uh, leave their building. The 37 year old veteran seemed to do pretty well for the Predators. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's. Uh, we, he had his birthday there a few days back, and we kept on saying, you know, now you're, you're gonna start going backwards now, you know. So the next year he'll be 36. So, <laughs> but he's uh, you see he seems to be ageless. He seems like uh, the first year I was here in Nashville to this year, I haven't seen much change in him. That's for sure. So now tonight the challenge is a Colorado team that started out the year 8-1-1, one, and one, but they've had injury problems now. The, the big line, Nathan McKinnon's still there, but his wingers are not. Well, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you, you look at it, you know, we went through a, a kind of a situation where we lost, uh, you know, Duchesne and Forsberg, and, you know, thankfully for us, our, our, our other lines started to pick it up. Our secondary scoring came from our, from our, from our basically our, our third and fourth lines. So you know, that, was, that got us through that stretch. And um, I think with Colorado right now, they're you know, obviously missing those guys uh, I think too, what ends up happening, you get off to that that, that, that lead. You know, they, the way they started the season, you know, at some point things were going to change. But you know, I think a lot of it now they've lost five in a row, and you know, we know we're going into a hornet's nest. So we got to be prepared to play uh, play the right way against these guys. They got they still got a lot of firepower in that lineup, and they're a little bit different, certainly on defense. Tyson Berry being traded in the off season to Toronto. How has that changed the look back there? Well, it's it's interesting. You can see, you know, probably why they did it. You know that, that Cole McCarr is is a heck of a player. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, on the power play, I don't think they really lost much with uh, with that. So I think that was their plan going in. And of course, uh, you know, they got some good young talent on the back end, and and uh, they also got that kid that drafted high this past draft. So their defense is looking pretty good for the future. But uh, I think right now it's it, it's. Um, you know, like you said, you're missing two of their top players, and, um, you know, you just can't replace those guys. So I think the biggest thing for us right now is just to, I think we got to, you know, we, we got to make sure that we're ready to play, and we can't be worried about with them. we got to be just worried about ourselves. If we play the right way, you know, we, we tend to win games when we, when we do that. And you've had, as you've said, the guys from the lower lines filling in when need be, but in the game Monday night in Detroit, that was uh, pretty much the top guys. Well, it was nice to see because, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, there are, our third and fourth lines have been carrying us over the, over this stretch. And uh, it was nice to see some of the big boys get back on the on the score sheet. And hopefully that confidence will, will lead into the uh, game tomorrow night. Yes. Well, best of luck. And, Kevin, thank you very much. Hey, appreciate it, Pete. Kevin McCarthy, that's Coffee with the Coach coming your way from Denver. Thank you very much, Pete Weber. Kevin McCarthy, Coffee with the Coach. We do it every Thursday here on Morning Drive at 7.30 as the Preds take on the Avalanche tonight in a Central Division showdown. And I'm telling you, like obviously, I, I root for the Preds to win every game. And it, when they don't win, I want them to give us something so good that we talk about it. But I'm <laughs> telling you right now, like I hate the 
the the judgment the, the the rush to judgment to anoint somebody before they've accomplished something whether it's a quarterback in the NFL mm. or different players in certain sports before they've earned it and I feel like everybody is rushing to anoint Colorado going into this year you know the Preds are the two time champs in this division yeah. and the Blues with no with no Tarasenko don't lose a game they don't have a cup hangover I hope they hammer the Avalanche tonight. Hmm. And I don't hate the Avalanche. I just hate when the media pre-anoints people. Well, and I, I think they pre-anointed Colorado this I, year. I don't. I don't know how much anointing was happening. I, I think Vegas. Odds on favorite. They, they were the favorite by Vegas, but everybody was basically the same. I mean, outside of Minnesota, everybody in in the in, according to Vegas was within a really small window of, of odds. Right? Like they were basically, you know, St. Louis, Nashville, Colorado, sure. Dallas, Winnipeg were all sort of about the same in, as far as odds to win the division. I, I am genuinely excited about the amount of talent that will offensive skill that will be on display tonight. And that is an interesting thing. To, uh, to your point, Nick, we can't overreact. We can't see something just tonight and say, oh, that's going to be a problem for the Preds the rest of the season or, or going to be a problem that they don't have to worry about the rest of the season. It's not how it works in hockey. But this is one of those games where we're going to learn about two teams that are extraordinarily skilled on offense that both play a very fast style of hockey and with a little bit of history. I know uh, the constable, Chase McCabe, our very own beloved constable, doesn't like to talk about rivalries or whatever in the Central Division, but I'm sorry, once you've played a playoff series against somebody, there's there's something there. There's something underneath that now. Like with Dallas knocking you out, if there's not something there with your hatred towards Dallas, you don't belong in the NHL. Mm-hmm. There should be something there. St. Louis getting beaten by the Preds in a playoff series added to that rivalry in the Central Division. Colorado, I don't think it's a rivalry the way Chicago is, but right. but but it don't, don't tell me it doesn't add to it that you guys are chasing down playoff spots against each other every year. You've played in the, in the playoff series, and now you're the two frontrunners for the division along with the Stanley Cup champs, the St. Louis Blues. So I, I, I just think it's, it's one of those – to me it's the most – outside of maybe at Vegas – and maybe the opening night, it's, it's the game I am most excited to watch so far this year. The Colorado Avalanche have lost five straight games, so they are struggling. Predators in Colorado tonight at 8 o'clock. We will come back, and I don't know if you guys realize this, I did the math yesterday, we're almost one-fifth of the way through the NHL season, 18% to be exact. Are you projecting every win and loss and tie the rest of the way? We'll not do that this okay. morning. We will not do that, but we will play a little game of what is real, and what is not with the Nashville Predators mm. through 15 games. I've got about nine different bullet points we'll hit on. We'll do it in rapid-fire fashion when we come back. Morning Drive, ESPN, one two five a game. Congratulations to Gina Tidwell with the correct answer of Kyle Turris. You have qualified for a chance to win the Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway to Dallas, where the ultimate winner will get round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and, of course, a, t- a pair of tickets for the Preds and the Stars at the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday, January the 1st, as well as a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner with special guests, the Almond Betts Band, and Asleep at the Wheel at the American Airlines Center. The prize is all courtesy of Outback Presents. Hmm. The, what is it called again? I saw the Young Fables the other day. Is it the Young Fables? Is that what they're called? We have, I have no idea what you're talking what about. Are you the talking Fables? About? We, we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the group, the two people, right, the what, girl and a guy. But what, what does that have to do with? Because he just who said are the, they? He just said the the group that you get to see. Was but but who are the Skinner, young fables? Enlighten us. Skinner, Skinner, Leonard Skinner, Leonard Skinner. The fables. Uh, I think it's the young. How they call it the young fables. Sounds like fables? an alt nation rock band. I uh, know. I mean, they were at the Stars um, annual 
uh, Cherish the Night function, which was wonderful as it so was always this, is. Was this just Shout always out a way to, to my bring good it back friends, uh, Roger and Aaron Donick, Willie's better half, and I mean better half because Weird Willie is just weird, <laughs> but but, but um, not Roger weird, Saffold, weird. not ra- not Big Rod. Right, right. Although yeah. this guy might actually play better than me. Yeah, he might. Weird Willie's starting to turn into a thing. Yeah. On the show. <laughs> is exactly. that a new character we've created? Weird Willie, I think weird Willie, because it used to be Coach Willie. Right. Yeah, now, now it's Weird now Willie. It's weird <laughs> Wiley Danuke. Oh man, yeah, but they, uh, it's like the young. Is it called the young? Are they called? We, the I don't know what you're talking about. Ask, you ask of a young all people person. should know. No, ask a young person. Coming up on All Nation, we'll get you the young fables. But first, imagine dragons. 32 after the hour. Yeah, yeah. 11 minutes till the top of the hour. A little rainy, Nashville. 58 degrees. Hey, rainy. <laughs> Is that a Young Fables? Yeah, who are Is they? The fa- are they called the Young Fables or something Fables? But I want to actually because this is the I got the young the young fables, but this is a TV show. No, it's a group. <laughs> it's a guy and a girl. Young uh, the fables. young fables is a musical group. They are called. They're they're in the country genre. Yeah, it's two people, right? Um, yeah, a guy I and got a girl. A girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never heard of these people. You never? Yeah, heard none of, of us have nah. heard of these. Give us, uh, you know, when we come out of break at eight fifteen, give us a little a, young fables. Hum, yeah. a, hum a few bars, Derek. I can't. <laughs> I can't. How about you? And they did a really good rendition of Purple Rain. Oh my oh, god! He played that guitar, man. Dude, I'm, it was just a, a, amazing. You, I was just watching. Like, oh my goodness! No, there's no. I question. might have been salivating. There's no. That's weird. Uh, there's no. There's no question. Hold on. How do we get on music? Because you're weird, and we're all weird, and the show is weird. And that's how the hell do. do we do this show? Because I know Nick's got like nine things he wants to ask us, and he's just like dying over here because he wants to ask us. No, I'm good. I'm good. You, you can you can jump into any single bar dive joint in Nashville and find uh-huh. somebody spectacular music. So I'm not surprised that yeah. a young group that no one's heard of is like doing an amazing rendition of Purple Rain because that's what Nashville is. Mm-hmm. Like we've got, but they have their own music. So but spoiled. they did the rendition. Yeah, of Purple Rain. Just, just don't do renditions of any Outkast song or dude. Anytime or I, any 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 Outkast song, any hip hop song for that matter. It, just don't do. A guitar version. Anytime of it. I'm traveling and I'm out and I try to go check out music, like Omaha, mm-hmm. Nebraska for the College World Series or Indianapolis for a t- like Atlanta, I go to these places and I'm just like, I listen to people try to do country songs. I'm going, I am so spoiled in Nashville. Yeah, like yeah. The, the level of talent that exists in like some dive joint outside of nowhere, like you know, down in like Nipper's Corner, is just some guys playing just a just slaying on the guitar. Mm. Blame me for that. Go ahead, Nick. I'm They're blaming on the alcohol. Yeah, as Ti once said. <laughs> a- 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure we need to talk about Ti. Right that, now. that wasn't Ti. Yeah. Oh, no, we got to get to Ti later. Who's that? Usher. I don't, I don't want to talk no, about Ti. Uh, Whose who song was blaming on the alcohol? That's uh, that was Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie. Fox. And T Pain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So right. J- Jamie just, Jamie Fox thought he was a rapper. Yeah, I, I, what, I, no, he's a, a damn good singer. Dude, though. his tennis ball song to Serena Williams during oh the ESPYS is one of the funniest thing I've ever seen. You know what I'm talking about? I hadn't heard that. Oh, one. dude, he's like, I want to be your tennis ball, tennis ball. Oh, no, <laughs> it's geez. so good. Yeah, that's bad. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Speaking of tennis, we'll talk Smack some tennis. Up against the wall. Hal Gill's going to join us at 9:30. They were playing <laughs> tennis yesterday. What? He Seriously? and Chris Mason. Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought you was about to say he and he and Darren McFarlane. I was about to say nah, no, that's no, not a match. No. Darren probably failed. It was down. actually Jamie Foxx versus the Young Fables. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so what Joe, you got to ask. Joe Rexro, top of the hour. So real or not real so far? Eighteen percent of the way through the season, we're through fifteen games. Uh, most of these have been really good players. A few negatives, but there's not many things to really nitpick with the Preds at this point. So I'll ask you right now. First question: Kyle Turris. What we're seeing through eighteen percent, real or not real? Real. I think he's back to form. Um, I think, um, you know, this is what the Predators were hoping 
to get when they uh, made the trade for him. And it's ironically, it all came full circle because they finally end up getting their guy, Matt Duchesne. And Duchesne was a part of that whole trade to get Turris. So now they have both of them. So I think it's real. I'm real. I I will go real as well. Um, I don't think you should expect 60 points out of him. Mm -hmm. But I think if he gets to 45 points, maybe 50 points, you're getting what you need out of him. And 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 he's your third at best third center. That's pretty good production from a third center. Especially especially considering Nick Benito, who I'm assuming you're about to ask about. Good to have the NHL and NBC theme. And much like on the broadcast, you can't see shots on goal on the radio either. Uh, Moving on, Nick Benito. Real or not real? Nick Benito, eight goals, fourth on the team in points. That that shooting percentage, as Adam Bingen pointed out yesterday, Mm -hmm. is going to come way, way down. So I'm going to say his play is real. Mm -hmm. Being a productive, really high-quality member of the team is real. On pace to score 42 goals? No, not real. Um, can it be both? Oh, I just have to pick one. I, I tried to do that, too. Yeah, oh, you I, talked I, about the fable, so you can you can do whatever you yeah, want. I think I'm along. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm with you, Braden. I think it's, it's sort of in the middle. I think it's real, but it's going to come down. Yeah. I, I think it, it kind of even itself out, but he will continue to be, you know, a critical, a critical yeah. part in what they do. Okay. Let's get to a guy not playing well, and that is Mikael Granlund. So real or not real, the struggles with Mr. Granlund? I'm super torn on this because I think almost all of life regresses to the mean, and his mean is far better than what we've seen so far in 31 games, 32 games here in Nashville, not counting the playoffs. So I my, my tendency is to go with past performance and say it's not real, he'll be better. But, uh, you know, you go another 15 or 20 games with this lack of production, and it's going to start being very real. Uh, man. You know my thoughts on Granlund. <laughs> yeah. I think it's – still think it's too will early. It say, will it stay this way for the, you know – he might – this is the tourist syndrome. Hasn't recorded think, a point yeah, in 10 games. I think it's the tourist syndrome. Tourist all over again. Uh, I think this season will be a bad season for him. Uh, not what we're used to seeing. Um, of him, um, but I think then he turns it around. Um, I think we're going to be asking the same questions about Mikhail Granlin that we did Kyle Turris last okay. year. Um, so okay, we got three more. Uh, Pecorine off to a unbelievable start at fifty four years old. Real mm. or not real? It's I don't know how more real it gets yeah, than this that. Is, like this is this is. This is real. But, I mean, playing at this I, I level. Don't, I don't think the stats will be there all season, but who cares? He's going to be the same Pecorino. Like, but I, Ve- will be like legit Ve- yeah, Vesna contender? Absolutely. I don't know why. Okay. why. Why would he not be able to sustain it? I mean, I know he's older at 37 now, but, I mean, why would he – his workload will be managed. I don't know why he mm-hmm. can't continue to be the same exact player he's been for the last 15 years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, his, his track record um, says that this is who he is. Uh, in that mid nineties save percentage, and right now he's right around that. He's ninety two percent, a little bit below mid nineties, but he's ninety two, ninety three percent. So damn good goalie. I think it's going to stay the same. Um, he's it's just like anybody else. I think he's going to have a, a patch in there where he's not playing as well, but he's going to be a ninety ish save percentage sure. guy. All right, final one. Real or not real? The power play. 
Um, I hope it's real. Of course it's real. I, 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 I will be so. This is the the least. Of, this is the least objective we will ever be on a topic ever. We. I am blatantly, openly rooting for the Nashville Predators to be in the top five. In the oh, I am too. It's not even like yeah. for totally selfish reasons. Yeah, this is all. This is all us. So I, whatever yeah. you need. Coach Lambert, you let me and Derek know. Yeah. We'll come out and help. Like you can shoot pucks at us if you need to. Whatever we can do to help you get to the top five, we are here for you because we need the lamp stamp exactly. on the back of Nick's That's back. That's what has been coined, the lamp stamp. <laughs> Which Nick coined himself. <laughs> credit to Nick. Exactly. No, I think this is real. I think okay. this team has figured it out uh, with the new voice in the room, tweaked some things, adding some players. They're only going to get better, and Lord – Please, Lord, if you hadn't heard one of my prayers, Please, baby I Jesus. pray that you hear this prayer today, Lord, that they finish five or better Please, God. in the NHL at the end of the season. Please, Lord. You love this station. I know you do. As we go live to... Yes. <laughs> we go live to Lone Wolf Tattoo exactly. <laughs> on Periscope, and Nick Hill is screaming as Dan Lambert's entire body is he tattooed. Gets the lamp stamp. The lamp stamp. <laughs> DL Thomas twelve twelve sends us a tweet with a link to the Young Fables on YouTube. Ah, so good. Once again, the audience delivering in a yes. time of need. See the Young Fables. I knew they were. Yeah, they they really exist. Yeah, they really exist, man. All right, we'll play a little Young Fables for you. Coming up I, in the third hour. I want to hear Jamie Foxx tennis ball, too. I want to hear that. <laughs> oh my we got to play so that good. leading into Hal Gill. It's so good. All right, morning drive. We're coming back with Joe Rexroad from The Athletic. That's next here on ESPN 1025 Game.